Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods. Bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambler's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me on gambling Twitter at undercover Greg. Follow the podcast on Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. Our buddy Alex does a great job managing that account. And we're going to talk opening lines as NFL Week 9 is now a thing of the past with Monday Night Football having just concluded in the Big Easy. A resounding win for the Baltimore Ravens. And we're going to move on to NFL Week 10 and look at some of these openers with WinBets Joe Fan at Joe underscore fan with two N's on Twitter. Joe, thanks as always for your time. How you doing on this Monday night? Hey, Greg. I'm good, man. Good to chat with you. Yeah, always good to have you aboard. And uh, as always, let's just get started with a little bit of a Monday Night Football reactionary discussion. Your thoughts on the uh, convincing win for the Baltimore Ravens on the road? Yeah, I think you see uh, the impact that Roquan Smith makes in that game. Um, You know, a couple of big time plays in that first half that um, that's his upside. And to me, a worthy use of a second round pick when uh, you're trying to make up defensively what you lose offensively with Rashad Bateman being out. You know, I still worry they're too limited offensively. Lamar Jackson didn't have to do much through the passing in the passing game in this one with just 133 yards. But I mean, you just look, especially with Mark Andrews out. I know Isaiah likely is a nice target uh, in a rookie who could flourish in years to come, but he's not a go-to guy yet. And beyond that, you've got, you know, the, the corpse of Deshaun Jackson, James Prochet, um, you know, it ain't pretty there. So I worry they're too limited. And the Saints, they're just not a very good football team. You know, there's defensively, there've been a huge disappointment. I know Andy Dalton's done a decent job putting points on the board uh, until 
that game on Monday night. But um, overall, I just I don't have a huge takeaway other than I, I still worry about what the Ravens ceiling is. Yeah. And I guess to that end, I would say that I feel like with Baltimore and I know Rashad Bateman is out for the year. So, you know, I, I want to start my point by acknowledging his absence is season long. But I do feel like we're in kind of a dog days, middle of the season portion of the calendar for Baltimore, where, you know, if they can get J.K. Dobbins back towards the end of the year and if he can add a little bit of a jolt in the backfield, I know it's been a disjointed year recovering from the ACL and then another injury for him. And if Mark Andrews can get healthier as the year progresses, we know it's an offense that's never been that predicated upon the wide receiver. So part of me thinks that the best football is yet to come for the Ravens and that their identity of ground game defense and, you know, middle of the field passing with Mark Andrews, they could still get to a pretty high ceiling come December and January. But I guess that remains to be seen depending on the health of some of their players. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think they're capable of keeping games close and kind of muckying it up, so to speak, um, in terms of that style you just mentioned. Um, you know, and their, their schedule is certainly favorable down the stretch. They have a bye in week 10. They go Carolina, Jacksonville, Denver, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, uh, Cincinnati. Maybe only one game of that stretch, they're the underdog, and that's at Cincinnati in the finale. Um, other than that, they should be pretty resounding favorites in most spots. Um, you know, maybe at Cleveland, it's it's closer to a pick Maybe at Jacksonville, it's only, it's, you know, maybe one to three points. But everything else should be pretty significant. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they are in a good spot, certainly, um, now at 6-3. and three. All right, without further ado, let's jump into the lines for NFL Week 10. And uh, we might as well start with Thursday Night Football since we just finished with the New Orleans Saints uh, and we talked more Baltimore there. But we do have Atlanta in a short road favorite role at win bet of three, a total of 43.5 in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers. And, Joe, I'll ask you this, if you are – not in on the Saints as anything other than just a sub-500 football team this year. Uh, do you think that the loss for Atlanta to the Chargers yesterday was a sign of things to come? In which case, I can't imagine you want to give up three points on the road with Atlanta to anybody. Or if you think there is staying power and it was a close game and one that just went against the Falcons, then this is one that they should win and cover in. So I'm just curious, interpreting the first half for the Falcons and if they're due for – some regression uh, back to the preseason norm, which was obviously to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, or if you think they might be able to stick around in what might end up being a two horse race with Tampa Bay for this division title. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've been competitive all year. I think the Chargers are mostly frauds. And, you know, if, if Marcus Mariota doesn't miss Kyle Pitts wide open 50 yards downfield uh, at the end of that game, they probably win that game at home against Los Angeles. These two teams just met, and then they went to overtime two weeks ago in week eight. It was a shootout uh, with P.J. Walker. We'll start again at quarterback in this one. Uh, being a road favorite always makes you nervous on a Thursday night. Uh, honestly, I'm just not deep enough in the game to, to put any hard-earned money on either of these teams. You know, I think, um, you know, Atlanta has earned at least a little bit of your trust that they will fight. They will be competitive. Um, they're not a team that's going to roll over and, and I, they have something to play for. I mean, of the two teams in this game, only one of them has something to play for. Although I guess both in that division, you know, the <laughs> Panthers win this game and who knows what happens from there. I mean, it's just such a, uh, it's just a, 
absolutely anemic division. But um, yeah, I will probably just punt this game and just probably even avoid trying to watch it as well because I can't <laughs> imagine it's going to be pretty. All right. Well, uh, one that I imagine uh, you and the rest of Seahawk fans that live in the Pacific time zone are going to have to uh, set your alarm clocks for over in Munich. The Seahawks travel to Germany to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay laying the deuce on the neutral field total of 44 and a half. Gosh, I feel like those Seahawks keep being, uh, you know, discredited by the books. We saw them as a short road favorite, against, excuse me, short road underdog against sub 500 Arizona on the road. And now they're a short road dog against sub 500 Tampa Bay on a neutral site. Yeah, it's hard not to love a money line bet here of plus 120. It's a neutral field. The Bucks haven't been good enough to be neutral field favorites against anybody. I mean, let alone a Seahawks team at six and three. They've won four straight. Um, I don't know where you look at and say there's a strong edge for the Bucs. I mean, the Seahawks have been sneaky, really versatile and complete. The pass rush has been better. Uchenna Nwosu has been a revelation for them coming over from the Chargers as a free agent this offseason. Um, the secondary has been better of late with Tariq Woolen really showing up as um, you know a number one corner in his rookie season. And then offensively, the offensive line's been good. They're one of the most efficient running teams in, in the entire league. They're one of the most efficient passing teams in the entire league. I just I don't have anything for you to justify the Bucks being a two-point favorite in this one, especially with the game not being in Tampa. I would imagine some of the, the extra travel Seattle has to endure coming from the West Coast compared to Tampa um, is baked into this line a bit. But I would not be surprised if this is a pick em by kickoff. And, and to me, it just... There's no justification for taking Tampa Bay unless you're just blind betting Tom Brady to figure it out at some point. And heck, it's week 10 now. I mean, I don't know how much evidence you you need to to recognize this is just a very mediocre football team. And, uh, and the Seahawks have just been, been better across the board. All right, let's move forward and start hitting the 1 p.m. Eastern window now. And we'll just, again, as we always do, hit on some of the highlighting games. No, I'm not going to touch on them all here as we just kind of uh, hit on the more intriguing week game games on a week to week basis. And one of those is in Western New York, where the Buffalo Bills are a six and a half point favorite at win bet total of 46. And, you know, Joe, we talked last week about Buffalo and the Jets and how it was, you know, even, despite Buffalo, I think, to the eye test being one of the best teams in the NFL, you still felt like gee, 13 points on the road in a division game and a division as good as the AFC East. That, that seems a little bit steep. And obviously Buffalo loses the game outright. And it seems like that tax is gone now as we're seeing Buffalo uh, at home inside of a touchdown against the now 7-1 and one Minnesota team. And I know you've talked about the fraudulence behind the Minnesota Vikings, but they are 7-1. and one, And I think going on the road, catching inside of a touchdown after we just saw a Jet team with a pretty good record catching 13 at home is certainly an indicator that that Buffalo tax has subsided. And I do feel like from a point spread, point spread perspective, this thing's about where it should be. And if you want to bet on a Buffalo bounce back, I'm not going to knock you for that. But six and a half feels about right for this game. Total of 46. What do you think? Yeah, I think it, it's already moved off of seven. I think it opened at seven or maybe even seven and a half. But um, yeah, moving inside the touchdown, I get it. I mean, the Vikings are very stout in the trenches on both sides of the football. Um, and, you know, the skill players are there. I think uh, with Buffalo, you, you what is Joe? What's the situation with Josh Allen's elbow? I don't think you can make a bet here unless it's a good point. Unless it's on Minnesota and you've got Minnesota, maybe you even got him at, at plus seven. But even 
if you're making a bet here, you are betting that that Josh Allen's elbow is potentially more severe than what this line is showing, and you want to get an early number on Minnesota. Um, but yeah, I think there that that would be a definite cause for concern for a team that I think we all expect to be uh, potentially hosting um, the AFC Championship game. Um, you know, the Vikings all they do is play one score games, and so I, I like them hanging around, uh, certainly being in the mix to cover um, throughout. Um, sure. And so yeah, I would lean Vikings here uh, at the six and a half. Okay, I want to ask you about another game that I, I think. Uh, maybe isn't at the top of people's minds when you look at the Week 10 card, but given the fact that Cleveland picked up a win before its bye week on Monday Night Football last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, I, I think there's definitely, and you know, I, I talked to a Browns writer who said, you know, that that game was maybe going to dictate what they did at last week's trade deadline because, you know, had they lost, it would have been further away, and and becoming a seller, if you will, would kind of make more sense for the Browns, whereas now if they can find a way to get back to 500 before the return of Deshaun Watson, I think their hope is it could, they could play their way back into wild card contention in the AFC. It's still a tough road to hoe. And Miami certainly looks like the Miami pre Tua concussions and, you know, the offensive juggernaut that the dolphins had been, uh, you know, or the beginning of the season appears to be coming back and, and, after winning their first three and then losing three in a row, now they've won three in a row again, and the Dolphins are six and three. Cleveland going to South Beach, catching four, and a total in this game of 48 and a half. What do you think here? Is there some you know life a little bit here for the Browns off a nice win against the Bengals, now coming out of a bye, or are the Dolphins going to eat them alive? The Browns' defense wasn't playing very well going into that Bengals game when they dominated Cincinnati. And so... I have a hard time really selling myself on this Browns team, having figured something out and being ready to turn a corner. Um, yeah, the Miami Dolphins defense hasn't been great, but you look at what happened in that game. Justin Fields, 178 yards, a record for a quarterback. Jacoby Brissett's not doing that. And you look at otherwise, uh, just 14 carries for 36 yards for David Montgomery, seven carries for 23 yards for Khalil Herbert. Um, in the traditional running game, Miami's defense was much more stout. Um, and so, yeah, is Jacoby Brissett really going to carve them up in a game where Nick Chubb might not be able to dominate, um, to a degree in, in which, uh, he did against Cincinnati. Um, I like the Dolphins at home minus four. I think it's a good number. Um, I mean, at this point in the season, there aren't many numbers that, that aren't right. You know, again, something about that Seattle line feels fishy to me. Um, just given the track record of both teams all season, um, you know, I don't think the Dolphins have played enough defense to, to warrant being bigger than the four-point favorite, but um, I think at home they have enough offensively to where they're going to force you to keep up, and I just don't I don't know that the Browns can do that. All right, final game in the early window that I want to highlight with you, and that's in Nashville, where the Titans are listed as a three-point favorite against the Denver Broncos, total of 39. Talked about Cleveland coming out of its bye week. Ditto for the Denver Broncos after they get a win in London against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week number eight. Uh, Open week for Denver last week, and now they return from their bye, still with an uphill battle to climb. uh, If you even, and I don't think many people do, really think that Denver can make something out of the second half. And I think the, uh, you know, jury has already, you know, returned a verdict of, you know, bad, let's say, for lack of a better term on Nathaniel Hackett as an NFL head coach. And, 
And Russell Wilson certainly has shown enough now to where I think it's pretty clear he's not the same quarterback. And so with all that said, you mentioned Josh Allen's injury with Buffalo. I think there's probably some of that going on here in terms of the murky status of Ryan Tannehill. And and we have seen Tennessee obviously win a game, albeit against lowly Houston. But then on Sunday Night Football last night, uh, go tooth and nail with the Kansas City Chiefs in another game Ryan Tannehill didn't play. So I do think if you wanted to kind of try and get ahead of the market, if Tannehill comes back, minus three is a good number on the Titans. But um, And I think I could also talk myself into a path in which Tennessee wins and covers with Malik Willis because I could still see Denver just being totally broken. So where do you see this game? And is there any reason to think that maybe the bye week and coming off of a win prior to the bye kind of helps the Broncos get going a little bit? I know the number is only 39, but this game just screams under. I mean, both defenses are very talented. Yeah. I, I just – the Titans front is legit. And Jeffrey Simmons is one of the most underrated superstars in all of football. Um, I'm just trying to, to picture them playing the, you know, the Denver Broncos offensive line. It's been so bad all year trying to keep that group at bay. You know, Danico Autry, two sacks of Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night. Um, I like the Titans here at minus three. It's going to be ugly. We've seen Denver play these games before. Um, you know, you look at the Niners game, 11-10. The Texans game, 16-9. to um, The Colts game, 12-9. to I mean, it's going to be a grinded out game where you're never looking at it and saying, oh, yeah, the Titans have got it and they're not going to look back. Um, in terms of a sweat-free cover. But I think you can make a case that Mike Vrabel is the best head coach in the entire NFL. I mean, what yeah. he does with, mm. I don't want to say limited talent because they've Get had more good out teams. Less. When you compare them to some of the juggernauts of the rest of the league, t- the Titans don't match up, and yet they're competitive every single time they play one of these big teams. And so um, what the, what they did in, in, at Arrowhead on Sunday night was very impressive. And having a chance, arguably, should have won that game, uh, if not for the Patrick Mahomes heroics at the end. Um, to me, I feel really good about Titans at minus three here. But even with it only at 39, I feel like I want to take that under 39 because it's going to be such a grinded out defensive struggle, in my opinion. All right, let's go to the late window where I don't think anybody could have ever imagined against any opponent this year, the Green Bay Packers as a five-point home underdog. But that's the situation we have here against the Dallas Cowboys at Lambeau Field. Dallas, another one of those teams returning from its bye week, traveling to America's Dairyland, a total of 43 here. And, Joe, I just think not only are the Packers broken, but they're one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. And from a point spread perspective it's hard to drum up a scenario and now again this is a little bit of a different role and they were able to sneak through the back door against buffalo on sunday night football recently uh but you know dallas coming off of a bye should be locked and loaded here i i don't know that i'm running to bet back either team here um and i'm just curious how you see this one yeah i think i would just differ i'm sprinting to bet the cowboys absolutely coming off the bye uh, they're healthy. They're going to Green Bay, where Green Bay has been embarrassed already this season. And they got embarrassed by the Jets uh, yeah. of late. I mean, this is a team that's lost five games in a row. Um, you know, that includes, 
you know, a bad loss to the Jets, 27 to 10 at home. Then they lose three straight on the road. This is a nightmare matchup for them. The Packers have no weapons offensively. They just lost Romeo Dobbs. Aaron Rodgers has been horrific all season. The defense has been bad to begin with. They just lost Rashawn Gary. I, I love the Cowboys anywhere under a touchdown here because I'm not positive the Packers are going to score more than 10 points. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but it, it's just so shocking the just how low we've gotten and, and the, how low the expectations have gotten for the Packers. But that's the reality now. It is. Yeah. I mean, believe who they tell you they are. Same with the Bucks. Like, why would you sit around and wait for, yeah. you know, or keep betting or anticipating this turnaround when there is no available indication that that turnaround's yeah. coming? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely definitely the situation. I can tell you, Cowboys minus five will be my. I've already locked it in. Is my best bet of the week. And if it loses, tip your cap to the Packers for figuring it out. But. The Cowboys have been a really impressive team all year. Uh, we talk about teams that are versatile, multiple, um, play on both sides of the football. I mean, they are right up there with any other team in the NFL. I just don't see it. I don't see a route to the Packers getting inside this number unless Dak Prescott just has a turnover fest and gives yeah. the Packers easy points. Right. All right. Well, another uh, number that, you know, for his – Surprising as it might be to some to just see the Packers be a home dog, I think it's a little surprising to me to still see the Rams as a three-point home favorite in a divisional game, and that's what we're seeing against the Arizona Cardinals at SoFi on Sunday, a total of 43. And, Joe, I listen, I understand Arizona uh, is kind of reeling at the moment after that loss against Seattle, but, I, you know, and, and maybe this – proves a bigger point that oddsmakers don't love the Seahawks still if we're talking about the Seahawks being a dog in a neutral site game against the Bucks and then the team they just beat you know playing the lowly Rams and the Rams still a three-point favorite against Arizona you know I guess what I'm getting at is I feel like Arizona here is the side on the basis that I just think the Seahawks are good and enough has gone on now to where losing to Seattle doesn't necessarily scream as an indictment of the Arizona Cardinals. And so I could see a path in which Arizona wins this game outright on the football field because in a weird way, I just think Arizona might be a better team than the Rams right now. As bad as Arizona has looked at times, the Rams just seem to be lost. How do you see this game? Yeah, it's a low bar. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to avoid the game because I just don't want to sit on my couch on Sunday and watch this game and think, how the hell did I justify putting money behind Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury? How the hell did I justify <laughs> putting money behind um, a Rams team with a regressing Matthew Stafford, a terrible offensive line, and a non-existent running game? Yeah, I, I just can't. So, yeah. Um I am. Uh, I will just avoid this game. And as as someone who knows the NFC West well, I'll probably just sort of watch it and laugh with with surely how painful the game will be on both sides, where you wonder if either team is really has a desire to win. All right, let's hit these primetime games before we get out of Dodge. The Sunday Nighter is in the Bay Area, where the San Francisco 49ers also return from their bye week, hosting the LA Chargers. San Francisco laying a touchdown total of 40. 
46 and a half at WinBet. And Joe, I think that there's a lot of people in the NFC that look at in terms of top threats to the Eagles and point to San Francisco chief among them. If you are one that, you know, just tends to buy the Vikings still being fraudulent and you look down the list, maybe Dallas, maybe the Giants. But I think San Francisco, just based on what they have from a roster perspective, is one that will come to the top of people's minds. And so then the question then becomes this. At four and four, the 49ers come out of their bye, laying seven at home against a Charger team that, say what you want about how phony they may be, record-wise, they're a game better than the San Francisco 49ers. So is this the game? Because in order to justify this point spread, this is the game where San Francisco really needs to live up to that expectation as the second best team in the NFC, which I think a lot of people would still say. Do you feel that's warranted to be seven point home favorites against a team that could still be in the playoffs in a primetime game? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Niners are an auto teaser leg, certainly. Sure. Um, I think they smoke the Chargers. I'll probably take them to cover as well. I might even take them alt line. I think they're going to humiliate the Chargers in this game. Um, and maybe that's too bold and maybe I'm too um, too far out on the Chargers. But back-to-back road games, you come back from the East Coast, they've suffered. You've got more injuries uh, up and down that roster. Nothing about that game was impressive. It's really a pass to Austin Eckler or bust. Um, you know, everything is is short and intermediate or behind the line of scrimmage. There's really there's really nothing that you look there and say, yeah, this team is is going places where the Niners, they just kicked the crap out of the Rams going into the bye week. And, and maybe you don't take too much into that from that win into account because of how bad the Rams have been. But the Niners are getting healthy. Elijah Mitchell coming back this week. Sure. He and Christian McCaffrey should tear up this Chargers defense that cannot stop the run even a little bit. Debo Samuel should be back in this game. Um, so you get to see how Kyle Shanahan deploys he and McCaffrey at the same time. Um, the defense is getting healthier. Um yeah, I think this is going to be the Niners have the Niners defensively at home outside of that Chiefs game, which I know you can't just take that out because it was so ugly. But beyond that, they've been dominant at home. Uh, this is only their fourth home game. But beyond that, they'd only allow or they hadn't allowed uh, an offensive touchdown against the Rams or Seahawks when, when hosting them. So um, the Niners are primed to go on a run here, you know, pending health, which is, has been an issue for them really since Kyle Shanahan showed up. Um, but I, I love the Niners here. And, and it may, may you wait to see if some money comes in on the Chargers and you can get it at six and a half. Um, but uh, there's just no way I'm, I'm playing the Chargers in any capacity in this one. Okay. Oh, so a uh, resounding indictment there of the Bolts. And yeah, I mean, they, they definitely look worse than that five and three record indicates. I'm not going to push back a ton there let's wrap up monday night football philadelphia hosting washington eagles an 11 point favorite total of 45 quite a bit of rest here for the eagles coming off of a thursday night game against houston and having almost two full weeks to get ready for washington on monday night although i will say obviously uh the eagles are being priced like one of the best teams in the nfl where we are routinely seeing them installed in this double digit favorite role did not cover the week prior against houston and i will say this I do think that on the road in a non-conference game on a short week like that, maybe a little easier to understand why you wouldn't cover a big number. Whereas coming back home, extra time to prepare, divisional game, you would think that 
this would be more set up for an Eagles blowout. We have seen Washington be more competitive of late, although you look at the competition, save for Minnesota last week, you know, it was Chicago on a Thursday night. It was Indianapolis who can't score. I mean, there was definitely some, uh, you know, and it was the Packers who, you know, we just talked about them. So, yes, the commanders have given themselves a little bit of a jolt of late, uh, but this is a whole nother order of business going to Philly. I know divisional dogs are always something that it can be pretty profitable. I, I don't really know which way to go here from a point spread perspective because anytime you give up double digits in the NFL, it, it's a steep ask. So what do you think here? Yeah, I probably avoid the spread. Um, you know, the, the commanders are unquestionably more watchable with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. <laughs> and again, we talked about the, the fourth quarter magic. It wasn't there in Minnesota. And in fact, it was the, the fourth quarter interception that doomed them against the Vikings in a game they had a 17 to seven lead. Um, I just look at this and this is as chalky as it gets, but you can get Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, Moneyline Parlay at plus money. I just think you owe it to yourself. I mean, and it, again, to me, that just the obvious better teams to where it would it would seemingly need a miracle for any of those teams to lose. And, it, you know, if they do, I'm always, I always just feel better if I lose a bet because the um, vastly superior team by every metric and bet metric and all, all accounts loses. Then you say, OK, whatever, that's fine. I'd rather lose that way than banking on you know, a career game from Aaron Rodgers, even though he's been playing like a bottom third quarterback all year with no weapons, a defense without Rashawn Gary. You know what I mean? Like I would, I could, yeah. I can sleep at night when that happens. So um, that's my, my chalky money line parlay for you at plus 123 on win bet Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, money line parlay. Um, as for the total of 11, it's just too many points for to, to, to put down, but yeah, I mean, at home, the link is going to be rocking. I mean, you know, you're a Philly dude. This is going to be, it's going to be nuts. Um, and coming off the bye, you'd like to believe they're going to be ready to roll against a division rival. I think there are teams you can look past, um, in sort of look ahead spots, um, Texans. <laughs> and trap games. I, I don't know if that can happen on prime time against a division rival. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely well said. I, I definitely think that, the Eagles are going to be buttoned up here, ready to play. And so I could see a path in which they cover this number and perhaps win by three scores. Uh, but it's a lot to give up in the NFL, period, much less a division game. And, and what did we just see at MetLife yesterday? A double-digit division dog winning the game outright with the New York Jets against the Bills. Yeah, and that was shocking. And you know what? Again, if you're a Bills backer, you had them in a teaser leg, whatever, like you just tip your cap to the Jets and Robert Sala. And, you know, the Jets were at home. And the Eagles are at home. I, again, I, I, I hear what you were saying, but for the Washington Commanders to come in on prime time and yeah, to walk into the link and get a win outright, um, you know, again, I, to, for me, if, I'm, if that's my last leg of my, you know, chalky money line parlay, I tip my cap, pay my money, own my L, and, and move on to the next week. Well, there he is. And we'll move on to the next week as well here on Full Slate as uh, we'll get Joe back again next week, hopefully, and uh, come back with our preview pod uh, with Alex and uh, run through the rotation uh, and give out our official leans on the sides and totals for NFL week 10 a little later on in the week. He's Joe fan at Joe underscore fan on Twitter. I'm Greg Frank at undercover Greg on gambling Twitter at G underscore Frank six as well. And uh, also shoot the podcast to follow at full underscore slate underscore pod. 
uh, where Alex is putting out a bunch of content regularly. Joe, always fun, and we'll be talking again. Appreciate it. Always a blast, man. Appreciate you. All right, he's Joe Fan. Again, I'm Greg Frank. Everyone, enjoy your week. We're back later in the week with our Picks Pod. And again, this has been Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. Enjoy the college basketball being back, NBA, NHL, getting you through the week until we get another week of NFL football. Thanks again for tuning in. And, of course, please play responsibly.